All right. Uh, well, here we are. Our last talk. I, somebody, I guess I can't see because of these speakers. Maybe they've been like that the whole time. Let's screw it up, Leslie. They um. have been there? Oh, well. Some of you are just going to have to look somewhere else. Uh, my name is Brad. I am one of the uh, ministers at the Denton North Church. No, I'm not Garrett, contrary to popular belief. I've literally had Colin people come almost in my face. Is that Garrett? Is that Garrett? No, it's not Garrett, okay? I'm better than Garrett. So, he's all bald and old looking. I'm strong and virile, you know? Sorry, I, I just was continuing the theme of sex jokes we've had today. So let's see, Brandon gave a Matt Damon one. Uh, Ronnie and uh, Shrek are boyfriends, I guess. And John's cross-pollinating things at lunch. So <laughs> I'm trying to keep things normal. Yeah. This is Leslie. Hi. Uh, who also ministers uh, at the Denton North Church. And so we're, we're happy to be able to, to do this. Uh, it's really kind of a practical uh, you know, talk on just some tips to take away from in, uh, in terms of really taking your uh, reading of Scripture forward and growing in it. We created a survey that many of you have taken now. We've had over 400 responses, which is pretty cool. Originally, this was a survey that we created at Denton North because we were having some conflicts, which are fine, over the nature of Scripture and over just how we ought to get people to read more and what that even looks like. And sometimes I got heated, mostly my fault. Uh, so we wanted to take that into today and be able to present some of that data to you and just sort of give some tips and ideas. But uh, both of us are pretty interactive speakers, and so if you've got a question that just, you know, comes to mind, you don't have to wait till the end for the Q&A. Just raise your hand or call it out and uh, try to answer that question, and if we're going to answer it later, we'll ignore you and keep going, all right? Uh, so, that, that's what we're going to do uh, here for the next uh, 20 or 25 minutes, all righty? Oh, you already have a question. We haven't even begun the talk, and you already have a question. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> got me. Yeah, yeah, you got me. That was a good one. All right, uh, so... Brad, Brad, thank you, Brad. All right, uh, so the, the first question up here on the survey was really kind of getting at the heart of one of the, the central uh, components of our conflict, which was, what do we expect from people in terms of reading and reading frequently? And so here you can see how frequently do you read scripture on your own, that is not at church or in small group. Um, and the numbers did differ a little bit by church, but we're not here to kind of compare that uh, in so much as we are to uh, just to kind of get us to think about some things and ask questions. There, there aren't necessarily right or wrong answers to some of these questions, although certainly some of them are more wrong uh, than others, right? We're not going to pretend like couldn't tell you is a very good uh, answer to this uh, survey. But... We've got, you see, most people, uh, or the largest category, at, at close to about 35% reading a few times a week, another 15 daily, 18% uh, uh, 20, and then it goes kind of down from there. And one of the conversations we had was just, what is enough when it comes to reading? You know, of course, that's like the most terrible question, right? But you know what, the heart of that is people asking, what is it exactly should I be doing and should I be planning? And so, um, you know, we had the, kind of a good conversation about that. I think one of the things for me was just the idea of consistency. And, uh, you know, some people, they really love that daily, 
kind of time taking 10 or 15 minutes, and it really, they work it into their schedule. It's become a habit for them. I'm not one of those. I like to read in sort of spurts throughout the week when I have time and read a lot at a time. And perhaps one of the things that you're going to hear a lot of us, uh, or you're going to hear both of us say is that we probably ought to switch things up quite a bit. But also, I think it is important to allow personality and environment to, uh, you know, to, to dictate that and, and impact you there. Uh, as much as it can. And so reading in spurts for me helps quite a bit. The daily reading becomes very ritualistic, very habitual for me, and I can find myself doing it without even really thinking. Not to say it is that way for everybody, but some consistency. I think we can all agree that if you're really not in Scripture uh, every week, probably, or every other week in some really dedicated, purposeful, and consistent way, uh, you're missing the bar, pretty, 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 uh, pretty low bar you have there if it's not really weekly or every other week reading. At least that's what I would think, Leslie. Yeah. I want to back up and say something really quick. Um, for those of you that have known Brad and I for a long time, this is going to come as a great surprise to you. <laughs> but Brad and I are very different in the way we think, in the way we approach things. For instance, Brad likes change about every five seconds. <laughs> I like change about every 50 years. Um, <laughs> Brad has no notes, I have notes. There's just several things like that on which we approach things very differently. But the reason both of us are up here is because our common ground is that we both love and respect each other a lot, we both love Jesus a lot, and we both love the word a lot. Mm -hmm. So even though our approaches may be different, um, our motivations are the same. So one of the things I would say about this question is that I totally agree that consistency is key. Um, being consistent, no matter how often it is, is really important. And doing it every day can definitely turn into a checklist. That's a danger. But my thought is that if our purpose in reading scripture is to know God, if it's to know his character, if it's like the song said, to let him shape our heart, then we need to be in the word most days. And so if that is not the case, then I think we need to ask ourselves why and see if we have a good answer for that or not. But consistency, I think, is the most important thing. And hopefully one of the things you learned or heard from Tom and have heard today is being in the Scripture doesn't mean that I've opened up my Bible every day and I'm kind of continuing on with the same thing that I did before that. I think that gets pretty rote. And uh, you know, not that it's any better than the sort of once-a-week plunge where I just sort of open my Bible and do whatever randomly for as, as long as I can grin and bear it uh, so I can say that I've accomplished something. But in my mind, and particularly if you have a decently active mind, uh, that's terrible, I guess if you don't, it'd be weird, Um, (laughs) is you can be in the Word and in Scripture without having a Bible in front of you. Anytime that you share a Scripture with someone that you're thinking about a question, you call someone, ask a question about it, you're researching something, one of the things you're going to hear me talk about a lot is the idea of pondering before you wander. Uh, which is sitting and really trying to understand something before you immediately do a Google search or a commentary search or read a Christian book or ask someone a question. Um, Because that's really what the scripture was written for, is for us to just sit and really think a lot about it. And I think one of the biggest changes I made as I started learning the scripture is letting the scripture speak for scripture more than letting other people's voices speak for scripture. And that includes my own voice. Uh, being able to sit still and quiet and let the verses speak to me. The activity that Garrett did this morning, getting into the shoes of the people who are there is about letting the scripture speak to you, not from your own experience, but from the experience of the characters uh, in that story. And so 
Um, I, I would just, I, I think being in the word for me daily or every other day is not just opening my Bible. There's some, some ways that I can really do that. Uh, the second question is how much scripture do you usually read at a time? Uh, I was actually pretty surprised not more of you read a verse or two at times. I, I think uh, if we're going for quantity over quality here, uh, we've done a good job. We're doing lots of reading of, of lots of chapters at a time. And that can be really helpful in terms of trying to kind of connect with whole stories. But let me say something about reading a verse or, or two and really just thinking about it. Uh, the scripture in all verses aren't sort of held equally. You'll find in a lot of scripture there can be a thesis statement, and they're not always the statements that we tend to pull out from a text. We may pull out a, a, a statement like we are more than conquerors, but fail to realize that's in a context where that's really not the thesis statement. And so learning how to find statements in scripture that follow along with a theme, but are really reiterating a point that's building, 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 uh, and then we're just focusing on that verse or two, can be very, very helpful for thinking through what is the meaning of the, this whole passage. I think some of us have thought, oh, a verse or two, that's not going to be enough. We'll proof text it. It's like a calendar reading of scripture. But sometimes one or two verses is really kind of the key to unlocking and understanding sometimes whole chapters. And so I think that can be very important if, uh, if we'll do justice, not just to the Psalms and things like that. Yeah. Oh, are they hard to read? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tana's fine. Tana has no problem reading it, but Ronnie's fine. So the top one there is a verse or two, uh, really, you know, kind of small there, about 6%. The next is a story or a paragraph, an entire chapter, a few chapters at a time, an entire book or letter, and it's really pretty random or other. Some of the other categories, I don't know if you guys are sleepy, tired, trying to play games with me. I'm not really for sure. But I could say a lot about the other categories, but I won't. Leslie? Yeah, so I think my thought here is just that we need to read in different ways. And so when you read one or two verses, it's really easy to miss the overall story of that mm -hmm. paragraph or that book or, or of the Bible itself. But if you always read like a whole book, you can wind up coming away with the major message of that book but missing the details that help us build relationship with God. So an example of that would be, let's say that you read the entire book of Hebrews and you come away with the truth that Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God's love and mercy. That's kind of the big theme of that book. But if you read Hebrews 4.15, you come away knowing that Jesus was tempted like we are and that he can understand us, that he knows what it's like to be us, and that we can approach the throne of grace with great confidence. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between those two things. Both are important. So we need to be reading in all different kinds of ways. Sometimes we need to do what Brad said and meditate on a couple of verses. And sometimes we need to be reading big chunks, and sometimes we need to take the time to read the entire Bible to get the overall view. But all of them are important. Yeah. And I would just re-highlight here, the entire book or the verse or two is obviously areas that, uh, that I think, you know, as a church and as churches, we can really grow in. Um, there's nothing like reading an entire book in a setting and really getting an idea of, uh, you know, well, what, what is this actually about? And how do so many of the verses play into that overall message? The next one uh, has to do with how would you characterize your reading of scripture, mostly study, mostly devotional, mostly uh, group reading in like a small group or on a Sunday morning, a good mix of study and devotional, 
Uh, it's for a specific issue I'm dealing with. It's pretty random, so who knows? Actually, that can't be who knows because it starts with H, but I can't even read it, so I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, and then, of course, that nasty others category again. Um, so in my mind, the study and devotional is not the most helpful uh, I think maybe dichotomy there, it's not the most helpful, it's either one or the other. I, because a devotional reading in my mind is a reading that's a whole lot more about really listening and trying to figure out you know, uh, uh, what God may be saying to you and talking back. And study tends to be sort of like a work-related, getting information so that I can eventually kind of get to and be able to um, you know, uh, ask the questions that are, do I believe this? You know, is God really like this? You know, maybe even if I'm dealing with a specific issue, uh, I don't necessarily want to emote over it and like have God, you know, fill me with a feeling of comfort, but I want to learn something about how to deal with it or help someone else deal with it. So I'm not so help- sure that that devotional versus study uh, is that helpful. Um, but well, here's one of the things I just want to add, and I think, you know, the key to, to sort of being in Scripture, in my mind, daily or or every other day, is learning how to deal with issues we have with others and ourselves with a natural gut-level response to go back to Scripture and try to understand what God is speaking. Because if you notice here again, it's we might be proactive, or at least somewhat proactive in devotional and study, but are we dealing with the issues that come our way throughout our day? Or I find more often than not, it's easy for a devotional reading or a study reading of Scripture to have this sort of separate compartment and category that has really nothing to do with anything I'm going to do the rest of the day or the week. It's almost completely separate. And that's one of our biggest issues with with Scripture, is being able to really apply it in obvious ways in and around our life and in, in our day. So many questions that we have about how should I deal with this, what should I do, aren't going to be immediately answered in Scripture. But the principles behind my behavior, my thinking, are going to be told to us through Scripture. And, and I think it really uh, you know, kind of starts with, uh, with being able to think through that stuff and, and implementing that, um, particularly this idea of, of responding to people, to people's demands, questions, issues we have with, with going back to the Word. Yeah, I think my biggest thing with this is not that any one of those is better than the other or that any one of those is right or wrong, but that one of those alone is incomplete. It doesn't give us everything that we need. And I will say for myself, study is way harder for me. It's not my natural bent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have to push that a little bit in my reading. Um, And it really helps uh, to be in a small group. That helps push that. It helps me to be in a college church where a lot of our student, a lot of our membership is college students because I find them asking me questions that I can't explain. I know why I feel that way, but I can't explain it because I haven't thought it through enough. I haven't studied it through enough. And so that's really pushed me more to be able to do more study on what does this really mean and why do I really believe this? And I think that's really important. I think that gets to the point that some of us have comfort zones when it comes to our interaction mm-hmm. of Scripture. I'm the opposite of Leslie. I'd much rather study Scripture and have all kinds of neat trivia and, and interesting and deep knowledge than try to devote myself to talking to God and responding to a passage. Uh, just not relational in terms of that thinking. I'm fine with just walking away with some new understanding of something so I can tell someone else. And so if you're someone that really kind of tends toward devotional or study reading, you've really got to learn how to balance that back out. 
um, because they're at, you know, uh, they're two sides of the same coin. You've got to have both uh, to really be able to relate with God. You know, devoting yourself to God and not knowing who he is isn't going to help you much. But in the same way, knowing God but never bowing down and surrendering yourself to him isn't going to help you much. And so it's important that, you know, as Leslie was saying, we, we mix some of that stuff up. The fourth question uh, is uh, what uh, kinds of scripture do you tend to read regularly? Check all that apply. So you can see here, uh, you know, people are just pretty much just reading gospels and epistles. Um, not a lot of Old Testament or prophets. Probably should have put Psalms and Proverbs up there because that tends to be pretty popular for devotional reading. Uh, the one down from that, I usually just do one of the uh, uh, read the Bible uh, for a year, kind of every few years, and then whatever my small group uh, or my church is doing. Uh, that one was kind of an interesting one because in one of the questions, and I don't want to make too many correlations here because it will become confusing and difficult, but in one of the questions, most people don't pick what they read based on what their small group uh, or, or um, church is reading. But then on this question, uh, what kinds do you tend to read regularly, all of a sudden it is whatever my small group is reading. So I was very confused by that question. My best guess at that is that usually we're not actually doing homework uh, you know, in our small groups and stuff. The idea that you know, the church is reading through something or a small group is reading through something, this is just one more great opportunity to communally read stuff together. You heard in Laura's testimony that God was trying to deliver a message to the entire church through his word. How many times can you remember that happening in a small group or a church setting? So if we're all just sort of reading our own stuff and doing our own individual scriptures and we just sort of kind of do whatever, then that we fail, I think, to, to open up the door for God to speak communally to us. And we get that example in scripture a lot where God's speaking to a group. And I think if we want your small group to really hear from God, you want your church to hear from God, we've got to kind of connect back with what is it that the church is doing and really take that seriously and doing the homework or whatever it is or going along with the, the scriptures. We have this real intense uh, when other people are doing other things that I didn't pick up on a kind of a passive response to it in terms of reading scripture. And I think that's one of the challenges we've tried to do in our church, getting sermons out there ahead of time, getting activities out there ahead of time, and still we have the most difficult time with people getting involved in doing what we're doing. Like their own individual quiet times, I guess, are so much richer than the ones that we've been writing or doing, you know? I'm just wasting my time, unless he's time doing that. But uh, communal reading. We have a small group that I thought was going to fail uh, that didn't and still kind of making me mad. Uh, that all they're doing is just getting together and reading the scripture. It's such a terrible idea. Um, I, I want to write the material for those groups, uh, but that one I couldn't write material for. And they're loving it. I mean, it's just great. They really do get together and they read a, uh, watch a Bible po podcast video, and then they just read through whole sections of scripture. And I've been amazed at uh, the kind of response that I've seen from that group. And uh, I was not a big, huge believer in that. Kind of thought of it as a little bit faddish, but, uh, but this small group's starting to... Make me think differently on that. Um, so one of my thoughts um, on this is people say all the time, how do you learn to love scripture? And somebody said it earlier, you read it, you dive in. And I think one of the reasons that people choose to read just the Gospels or just the New Testament or just Paul's letters are because they're familiar to them. They can understand them easily, which if you do, explain that to me. But, um, you know, it's just easier for them, and they avoid the parts of the Bible that are difficult to understand. 
you will learn to love the Bible when you read all the different parts of the Bible because you will see that it's an entire story and you will see how the Old Testament connects to the New Testament and vice versa. And those things that don't make sense when you just read a random book makes total sense when you look at, well, maybe not total, but close. Um, when you read the whole thing together, you'll start to make connections, but that doesn't happen if you don't read. So read the Bible, read all of it. Don't leave parts out of it that are hard. The more times you go back to it, the more you'll understand and the more the spirit will be able to open your eyes to understand. Anytime there's a quote from the New Testament or a reference, you ought to immediately go back and research yes. what it is. Just, just make that a standard practice of yours. So much of the New Testament, both the Gospels and Epistles, draw heavily on Old Testament stuff. And you can't possibly just understand what the, the author is talking about in including that Old Testament passage unless you go back and read the Old Testament passage and spend some time on it. Uh, one of the things I had done a long time ago, which is just my deal, and it was the most consistent time I uh, have ever really done in devotionals, I did a devotional based on the Lord's Prayer and just, you know, uh, kind of broke up a bunch of passages uh, throughout the scripture so that it was getting me to read a lot of it. And then every week, Monday through Thursday, I was reading some section of scripture. And it just kind of, uh, you know, um, helped out quite a bit with that. Sometimes we get a little bit too stuck in uh, one reading sort of train of thought. And sometimes those structure read through the scriptures the whole year. I'm not so sure those are always very helpful. Sometimes they can be if your goal is reading through the scripture in a year. Uh, but if your goal is to really be able to deal with the things that come through your life or deal with things that, uh, you know, you may need to grow in, those plans, believe it or not, are not written for, you know, the environment that you're currently in at any given time. And so it can be really helpful to, um, you know, to think through where is it that I need to go, maybe weekly, monthly. I think monthly is probably the best way to, to do it in my mind. Question five. What secondary sources do you regularly, if any, when you're reading scripture? So I don't use any. That's the top one. Uh, a lot of people using commentaries, devotional books. A whole lot of people are just searching stuff on Google. I'm going to tell you what I tell, uh, used to tell my college students. You know, Google is the local witch doctor, all right? Uh, if you really want to try to find the most strange and wrong information, just type some stuff in Google, right? So, no, really, there's some great resources out there, but how do you know the resources are good? Uh, if you're just searching, to, you're going to find forums, you're going to find crazies and forums together. Um, and so I think th this is where, in my mind, again, it's ponder before you wander. Before you wander off to some other source to try, because out of your anxiety or stress, you don't understand something that you've just read, or even calling someone first. Because, uh, you know, I'll get calls sometimes, or even emails and texts, and it's someone wants to know something that's incredibly vague. Like, you know, I'm interested in this thing. The only thing I have in my mind is someone who sent it recently, and so I don't want to make her look bad. Um, but, uh, you know, there's tons of resources out there. Have you pondered it? What verse are you talking about? What are you looking at? Would you want me to just teach you systematic theology on salvation? Uh, or would it be great for you to ask some specific question that you've been thinking through that really is important in your life, and then we can talk about that? Too many of us, we immediately run to something else, someone else's words to comfort us. Uh, one of the most important practices in reading scripture is being, uh, letting scripture interpret scripture, okay? Sitting there and letting God, uh, you know, teach you through the Holy Spirit in what it is that you're, that you're actually reading. So, I, I talked about that already, so 
Yeah, that is so, so hard for me. I want the answer immediately. And Ronnie tells me it's because I'm conscientious and I want to be perfect, (laughs) which is probably true. However, what I have found is that when you contemplate even the things you don't understand, when you ponder them, you let the Spirit speak to you, you meditate on it, that you learn to embrace that tension. And when you learn to embrace that tension of not understanding, the Holy Spirit has time to reveal to you what you need to know about that scripture at that time. And so I would encourage you, learn to embrace not understanding and sit with it for a while until the Spirit speaks to you about it. Mm -hmm. We are so blessed to have so many different versions of the Bible, translations of the Bible to read. If you read one translation and it doesn't really make sense to you, one of the things you can do as you're pondering is read it in a different translation and see if that opens up something to you that the first one didn't. Um, and then I would say that the, the videos um, in the Bible project, that one of, those, one of the helps that that gives is to provide structure and background for your reading. Um, and if you don't know what that is, um, the Bible project has done a video for every book of the Bible. And so basically what it does is just go through and tell you how that book is structured and what the major themes are. And so it's really helpful in terms of making sense of what you're reading. Okay, move on to uh, question six there. What is your main motivator for reading scripture? When I'm feeling well, when I'm feeling down. Feeling down makes people read scripture more than feeling well. That should tell you something, all right? Uh, When I'm assigned it, okay, by small group or church, uh, when I have specific issues I'm dealing with, not necessarily negative issues, but it could be ministering to someone, something like that. When I'm studying the Bible with someone, okay? So uh, this is an in- another interesting kind of question here. What this basically says to me uh, is that the two major motivating factors are sort of passive factors, right? So if I'm studying the Bible, I feel like I need to be prepared, or when I'm assigned something, I need to, to be prepared, Uh, but do I do this as a regular part of my routine, which is the bottom one there, which is about 40% uh, of our our church there. Listen, you know, habits are the whole reason a habit is a habit, okay, or or called a habit, uh, or we talk about doing things habitually, is because you don't need motivation once you become habitually doing something. Now, sometimes that can be a bad thing, but if you can learn how to build in reading scripture of different kinds into a habit, that's why you form a habit. You don't have to necessarily maintain it. You form it, it starts, and then you do it. The hardest part sometimes is that first couple weeks or months of just getting into it, and then it becomes easier and easier because the motivation is natural and is habitual. So some of you just need to really figure out how to either in, you know, those of you who've gotten really kind of stuck you know, take some of the advice here and that you've heard today and really get creative and change things up and come up with some kind of structure or plan or ask for advice, you know, on, uh, on what you ought to do. And for those of you who really just never built it into your life consistently, here's the time to start. You just start, especially uh, as, uh, you know, the Christmas season is probably one of the best seasons for flexibility, Thanksgiving and Christmas, because as we talk about here in uh, a few, everyone apparently has no time to read scripture, which you all know is complete nonsense. We all know that, okay? Every one of us does. Uh, if you're working more than 80 hours a week, okay, and you know, you have lost your eyes and ears, 
and you, uh, I don't know, that's a terrible illustration. I'm just going to leave that right there. No one has an excuse, okay? Go ahead, Leslie. So reading scripture should be a part of our routine in the sense that scripture should be our go-to. We should be going to it when we're feeling good. We should be going to it when we're feeling bad. We should be going to it for our small groups. We should be going to it for our one-on-one studies. It should be our go-to. That's what makes it part of our normal routine. I'm going to pick one of those out, the one that says I read when I'm feeling down. Um, If you only read when you're feeling down, because what do we usually read when we feel down? We read scriptures that are going to make us feel better. If we only read when we feel down, we're going to miss out on the opportunity to be corrected by Scripture and to be challenged by Scripture. And so it needs to be our go-to in all situations. All right, uh, next one. Thinking back to a time you were consistent in your reading, what do you uh, attribute that consistency to primarily? Uh, Again, studying with the Bible with someone and, and the first one up there, schedule, freedom, and flexibility. Um, guys, your, your life is always going to be more flexible and your schedule always better uh, in the past, all right? Because looking into the past, we can always say, well, I had more freedom, more, you know. Uh, uh, you know. So it, this starts today, and it has to be something that we decide to do, um, not something that, uh, you know, we expect will happen at some point in the future. And that's just something that, you know, hopefully today, Although we're giving you practical tips and some challenges here, you've already heard some things that, that will motivate you to think about how important this is. You know, in my mind, this is just as a Christian, uh, a, a, just it makes sense because at some point, your issue is not going to be dealt with effectively until you hear the word of God and begin to put it in practice. So you're just all the stuff in between there, you're going to get there at some point. Why not just get there earlier than later? All right, it's a practicality thing for me. Uh, and so in reading scripture and really being able to apply it, it's important um, that, uh, that we have that kind of consistency and we just decide at some point that's what we're going to do. I have nothing on that one. You okay, did great. very well. Excellent. Next one. What is a major challenge you f- uh, face in reading scripture? Consistently, uh, the zero motivation, don't feel I have time. We've talked about the have time thing. I want to talk about the zero motivation in a second. Uh, the third one there, it's, it's just really hard to know where to begin. Uh, I think that's a really valid concern because it is. I mean, we're talking about a very large set of documents that are very overwhelming. This is not like, you know, reading teen fiction. Um, this is difficult reading. However, we have made it much more difficult because in our reading of Scripture, we have placed some pretty strong expectations on it that we ought to be finding immediately valuable information, uh, uh, very interesting and engaging stories that upon first reading, you know, we're going to immediately get and understand, and a whole lot of theology that will be practical for us to, you know, know how to really live the best life. Well, the scripture doesn't present itself as any of those things, so you might as well read the Farmer's Almanac for the exact same thing, all right? Because that's just not really what it's there for. And, uh, and when we take scripture and we, we, we ask the question, okay, what is this and what should we expect? It's a story uh, that God has written that involves a lot of people and involves you if you make yourself a part of that story. But you are fully capable and uh, able to live apart from the biblical story. And unfortunately, most Christians, I would say, at least in our society, 
live full lives, and by full I don't mean good, I just mean they live lives full of stuff, apart from the biblical narrative. They really can't find any meaningful place or position in it. And if you were even asked them, where is your place in that, the question would seem very strange and very odd, because whether they admit to it or not, which is sort of our next question, it's something that at best is a helpful guide every now and again when I think about it, and at worst, full of stories I can't relate with, stories that have to be corrected, stories that have to be deleted and changed so as I'm not so embarrassed when I talk about actually believing it. And if we can't find ourselves a part of that narrative, well, um, you know, uh, we're going to have a really tough time living any kind of Christian life or existence. We're going to be trying to, you know, have one foot in both worlds. The zero motivation thing, you know, I think that ultimately comes down from a real lack of understanding uh, what the scripture is for, like I've talked about, but more than that, as experiencing the scripture. For those of us who've experienced reading scripture and understanding it, there is no question about motivation. Now, sure, on a, any given day or week, it's hard to do, but you will find people who are in love with Scripture need very little motivation for them to read and digest Scripture. Now, I'm not saying that they're spiritual giants. I'm saying that they can look back on their experience of hearing from God, dealing with God, and recognize at best or at worst, yeah, this is going to happen at some point. I'm going to hear a word, and so I'm just you know, not wasting time. Or at best, they're very much... Uh, connected with God and his character and his heart through their reading of scripture. And why not? If that's the best place that we're ultimately going to find out who God is and, uh, and experiencing him, uh, then we ought to, to do that. And there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I just wanted to address uh, what Brad said about building habits. I just had a couple of things um, that I thought might be helpful there. But one is that finding a consistent time every day to read is a great motivator to read for some people. But for other people, being able to switch that up and have that time flexible is a better motivator. So you have to figure out which one of those people that you are. Also, use your technology. Set an alarm on your phone. That is not a hard thing to do that says, spend time in the Word, and then that will remind you to do that, um, to build that habit. And I had one other thing. Let me find it. I lost my place. I'll add something before. I okay, think it's very encouraging ahead. that our group doesn't, uh, you know, didn't answer. I don't really see it as that important. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is, you know, mostly leaders today, but even just our churches. Uh, and then I do think there is one that's you know, kind of uh, unsettling, and that's the, the last, uh, second to the last, I don't feel capable of doing it on my own. And this is something specifically, guys, for leaders, we ought to be aware of and asking people the question, what is your interaction with the, with the scripture look like, and how can I assist you in making it better? And this is just one of those common questions you ought to throw in every month or so uh, or more to just ask people, what are they doing? Give them ideas, help them you know, give them assignments, help really help them. And particularly for those of you who are adult leaders who don't have to focus on Jesus, but even those of you who do, uh, aren't doing some regular study, this is an important aspect of doing ministry. Just really asking people and catching back up with them in terms of what they're reading and maybe partnering with them to do something together. Yeah, and for helping uh, yourself and other people try different things, but do what works for you. What works for me may not work for you. So you've got to try some things and see what works. All right, last one. Choose the best statement that you think defines the nature of Scripture. I'm not going to actually talk about any of those. 
Uh, this was just Garrett's idea, so you know, not that important to, to put in there. Now, this is really interesting, and we don't have enough time to talk about this, but let me ask you just kind of a thoughtful question. Number one, where did you get your idea of the nature of Scripture? Uh, that's just an important uh, question to ask, because I think a lot of us, this maybe more than anywhere else in the survey, and maybe anywhere else in our theology, we have all these ideas and cliche statements and systematic theological ideas about what the scripture is, but either we've never really thought about it, and for those who have thought about it, our behavior doesn't connect at all with what we say we believe about the scripture. I mean, if it's inherently about God's character, which is what most of you answered, why is it that still so many of us would rather run to a person than to the word to feel closeness with God? I mean, certainly, guys, God works through each other or works through us, and we experience his character. But in the scripture, I think we have uh, a much less flawed version of the character of God than what we see in each other. Now, I'm not trying to make too strong of a theological statement here, but what I am saying is that in a community like ours where we are close and people do really love each other, sometimes our quick impulse to really feel God's presence and understand him is to be with another person and not to run back to the word and have a foundation in, in the character of God. And so whether we believe that, and that's a great answer, and I think some of the other ones are good answers as well, We've got to ask if our behavior uh, really reflects that belief that we have. I don't have anything to add to that one. All right, great. Well, uh, we done killed it. Uh, so, um, does anybody have any just sort of lingering questions, um, particularly about, uh, about what we've talked about with the survey, that kind of thing? Yeah, please. Listen, I, that, that was a weird, I'm, yeah, no, I know, you got my mind thinking, I'm going to be, people were, ta- I, I don't know, if some, someone infiltrated our church and was just, just putting other answers, or I don't know what was happening, it was strange. Um, I, I tried to write down the significant, are you asking for yourself? You put something in there for me, didn't you? And you're like, did anybody, did, did someone put something in there that you should be mentioning right now? You're setting me up for failure. <laughs> uh, one of them we had like 60 answers that was really hard to look through let's be honest uh, so I don't nothing just immediately strikes me sorry that's an excellent question if, if yeah alright yeah that's pretty interesting um, the, the actual um, I think text says something about it's been misinterpreted by a lot of people throughout the ages and uh, I, do you actually have the text? Can you click on it? It's definitely a very negative statement of Scripture, but not one that we would rule out completely as... Uh, so it's been misinterpreted just as much as has been properly interpreted, leading to a litany of offenses committed in the name of God. Uh, why are you laughing? That's a... Ah, yeah. Remember, you can answer multiple ones of these, and, uh, you know, so, but I think this one's probably more interesting than anything about, again, asking people to kind of think through. Uh, right now, let me just say one thing. We're having an interesting conversation in our uh, uh, small group uh, or in our leader group about, is the scripture inherently valuable? And this is probably an issue of, of semantics and language. 
In my mind, it's a little bit like evangelism. If you read it in really wrong ways and aren't very good uh, a student of the word, then it can be more damaging in some ways than it can be helpful to people. Uh, but, the, you know, the, it was even mentioned today, the idea of just reading the scripture is going to be, you know, helpful for you. Uh, and I understand that, that side of things uh, as well. But I think we ought to just re-examine, because our culture has certainly gone the other direction, saying that the scripture is not reliable, it's not helpful, it's not going to be, uh, you know, something that we ought to, to base uh, any of our beliefs on, and being able to communicate why is it that we believe the scripture and what uh, the significance and nature of it is, is going to be a very, very helpful starting point. And more than communicating that, it's about practicing what it is that we really believe. And I think the character one was an important one. Garrett, yeah. Yeah, we would agree on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you speak up just a tiny bit? Well, remember, uh, I think it's the same thing with, uh, with anything that it, that it comes to uh, interacting with God. When we begin to control our interactions with him, it's kind of what Jesus says about, you know, getting your treasure. Uh, you've got it. You controlled the situation. You've decided to plumb the depths and got to the point where your brain said, okay, this is meaningful enough for me. But when we surrender to the scripture and let the scripture really speak to us, then we can allow it to kind of uh, say what it needs to say and be comfortable walking away, maybe confused or uh, with an, an expectation that I really wish I would understand that better because it's often in that vacuum or in that space that the spirit will speak the words to us and then we treat it as a relationship and not something that our brain did on its own. And I think for people, if you're particularly uh, studious or uh, you know whatever, it's very easy for us to want to come away with, again, like I... Uh, want to, some deep meaning, some understanding that no one's gotten before. Uh, one of the things I really love about the NIVAC commentary is that that's not the goal of the commentary. The commentary does a very good job, and I would say anytime you're reading commentary, it ought to do this, of presenting multiple viewpoints respectfully and, uh, and then you know, commenting on, here's what I think within all of that, uh, and you know, I'm going to leave it open to you know, what, what you think. And I think that's very important. Plus, in my mind, depth of scripture has very little to do with what we would call meaning, meaning, oh, there's some meaning here beyond what's plain in sight, that's where we get dangerous, right? And that's where the early church fathers could find the strangest things out of the scripture that weren't saying that at all. In my mind, depth or uh, what you're talking about is all about connections. It's about taking vast, you know, sections of scripture and being able to connect them to other places that make more sense of them. And the more of those connections you have, uh, the more scripture is going to come alive and be apparent to you. And that takes time. That's what I was talking about, about giving it time and reading the Bible 
over and over again because the more you read, the more of those connections you can make and the more meaning you can draw out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there are times that I sit down and read and I'm like, I don't really have anything big and great to take away from this. But I might sit down and read it again in another you know, year or two oh, yeah. and there's profound meaning in it. But I think that it's, you know, it's the process of the spirit building and teaching as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the mundane stuff of relationships. I mean, you build that. It's not amazing conversations every time. And if you treat your quiet time like that, yeah. uh, you don't have a, a very close relationship with God. You, know? you expect him to be an entertainer and not a friend. Mm-hmm. I'll let you do one and a half. I was waiting to see if, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Hurry up, you freak. Come on. Yeah, I did a second half. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what initiated a lot of these conversations, was just the idea that people were, what? Oh, sorry. He, he was mostly asking about, you know, so I'm trying to do a new resolution. I'm trying to, you know, read the scripture. I've done this seven times before. What means, you know, how do I know it's going to take this time? And even just the topic of feeling guilty for not, you know, reading scripture. You know, um, it, so this has really initiated some of this conversation is we had some leaders, you know, feeling very guilty about their reading practices. And as it turns out, when I started looking into it, it's like, you know, they're reading uh, every week, multiple times a week, large chapters at a time. And I'm like, number one, what is your expectation? Are you going to be spending, I mean, it's a lot like prayer. You know, what, are we, is it better that you spent 20 hours in prayer in one day? Are you some super spiritual person because, you know, you have the ability to do that? Uh, reading scripture is a lot the same way, guys. I, I don't, I mean, the consistency is really important, and that's for sure. But the whole idea of feeling guilty because I didn't do it, that, I mean, God is always ready and willing to speak, but you're never going to hear them hear him until you have a consistent relationship with him through the word. So it's just a matter of fact kind of thing. I mean, don't feel guilty. There's always time to start. God's not looking at your past experience and like, this idiot's trying again. Let's watch him fail. <laughs> God is r- willing and ready to hear you and speak to you, but it, as, as a matter of how God works... That will not happen apart from the word. And, and the reason for that is because if, you, if it did happen apart from the word, if we didn't have the word, every crazy person would be talking about how God's speaking to them and have nothing, no source or authority to bring that back to other than themselves. The scripture grounds us in a source of authority so that we can all be on the same page more or less with what the spirit is doing as he teaches us and as we hear from God. And so, guys, there's, we're free to not feel guilty about those things. You're the one missing out in all of that. It's you're missing the, hearing the word of God. The word of God is fresh. It's new each day. It's a wonderful thing. Hearing from him, uh, you know, relating with him, being able to, to understand and unlock, as, as uh, 
uh, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians, the mysteries that have been hidden from the wise and given to the children. It's just an amazing thing. It really is. And, you know, now does that mean every experience in the Word is amazing? No. Most of the time I'm reading stuff and I'm like, this is hard. This is confusing. Well, it should be. It's dealing with human existence and human life. And God, the God of universe, commuting, uh, communicating to all of us. What, well, you want an easy read? You want a Harry Potter? And then, you know, at the end of the book, you're like, man, these movies are not near as good, you know? Is that what you want? A good book of the Bible and then your life not near as good? No, that, and that's just not going to work, okay? So I didn't even like the Harry Potter books, to be honest, but um, bored like halfway through that long one, man. <laughs> so we need to end up. Uh, so John's going to come back up. If you have more questions, you're welcome to talk to us here after the, uh, the service, and, um, and we'll be glad to, to answer those. So uh, uh, John's going to come up real quick and kind of end us off, give us some instructions, and then Mark's going to give us a benediction. Thank you guys very much. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.